Welcome to the Build Up on Balls.ie in association with Labrooks. Please bet responsibly. Visit dunlui.net for further information. Kevin, it's been a while since we were chatting. Obviously, we had a, an FA Cup uh, break last week in the Premier League, and I was just looking at the scenes. I don't know if you saw last night when Aston Villa beat Leicester in the Carabao Cup, and the fans invading the pitch. It, it's it's a weird one that I was thinking. Geez, the cups kind of get derided, and even over here, maybe we're not caught up in the in the magic of the cup, as they call it, in terms of the FA Cup over here. We're probably rather another weekend of Premier League games. But what was it like for you as a player playing in those cup competitions? Uh, was it something that you look forward to? Was it exciting or uh, well, uh, they took me a week off for the FA Cup weekend, so that shows you what I think. <laughs> you missed me that week. Uh, I'm Premier League only now. Um, I think, like, even I'm trying to think back to when I first played in the FA Cup, which would have been at Reading, and even then, we were only in the Championship. We were top, around the top one or two of the Championship at the time, and we were resting our Championship first team playing the FA Cup third round. So, um, like, that's 2005. So, yeah. Championship team doing it back then. It's not new, um, you know, and and that's sort of where it stood. That's where it stood with me. That's where it stood with the team and the manager. We just, you know, we prioritise the league as everything, and the FA Cup is grand. Yeah, there's a chance. I suppose if you played your strongest team and it's a competition, you can win something. But being realistically and trying to put your priorities in place, um, the league was the thing always every year. I remember at Wolves. Um, Mick McCarthy falling out with the owner of Wolves, Steve Morgan, over him playing, changed the full 11, say Man United away in the FA Cup. Um, the full 11 that played at the weekend in the league were rested. They played all the reserve team against Man United, and three days later, we played Burnley in a you know, big game for us. To, we were just out of the bottom three, and they were in it, and we, we rested our full 11. We beat Burnley at home on the Sunday, I think. Um, beat him in a you know, big win for us. One and I remember Mick McCarthy turning around and keeping his fist up to the chairman up in the, <laughs> up in the stadium uh, with, with anger or whatever uh, to show that you know listen, I made the right decision because the chairman came out publicly and wasn't happy with with uh, the change. So that, yeah, that's how it stood. That's how it stood for me. Doesn't sound romantic. Sounds very clinical, very professional, and all that. I was just you know what the league is the bread and butter, um, and that was the way I looked at it. And I still do. like the FA Cup now. I kind of hard to get excited. I know the smaller teams and all that's great. Windfall for them, but who's going to care? Liverpool, for example, who cares? Liverpool fans don't care about the FA Cup this season. Oh, yeah, they'll find one or two to come on and be passionate about. But realistically, 99% of them care about winning the league. They don't give a shit about the FA Cup. They have enough FA Cup. It's all about the league and the Champions League. And yeah, FA Cup, great. If they don't win nothing else, they can turn around and say, we won a trophy, the FA Cup, whatever. But other than that, they won't be mentioning the FA Cup in five years' time, but they will be mentioned in the Premier League if they win it. Uh, it's funny though when we do mention in terms of the Carabao Cup, the Manchester Derby tonight. Uh, I I don't know if that if if that you know which way it goes is going to be taking miracle for United to probably get through that. But then if you look forward to the weekend United against Wolves, it's far from a, an easy game for United. And could this be finally uh, the one that sends uh, all the way over the edge? Cause uh, like, <laughs> since again, since we chance yeah. the Burnley game has happened and it's another crisis, and yet somehow they're still fifth. I just don't understand the Premier League. Yeah, this I know. Yeah, in fairness, I was just looking at the league table and thinking they're level with Spurs, level with Wolves, and they're having a disaster season. Wolves are having a great season uh, in your mind you're thinking Wolves must be ahead of them and they're not so 
I suppose you have to give him that, but they're they're so inconsistent. You know, they, they, he he's been very good at just getting himself out of trouble. They lose the game and they come back. They take up the end, they win six 0 You know, they, they should be winning that game. But they still have to score and score six goals. It was impressive. So, but I still see Wolves going there and, and fancying them to, and them, them fancying that they can play well and win the game, not just sit back and, and hope for results. Actually, go there and win the game. I I've actually gone to my club. Value bet is that one Wolves going to Old Trafford and winning that game. Um, it would not surprise me in the least. And the, you know, when you go through their first eleven or whatever, you can make a case for a lot of the Wolves players being stronger than the Man United players, which you know, considering what they've spent, is ridiculous. Yeah, the Wolves to beat Man United is five to two. Um, yeah, and you're dead right about the Wolves team. You kind of look at, you know, you look at the kind of Bruno Fernandez saga in this transfer window. And how United just can't seem to get that deal over the line. It seems to be going on for about three years at this stage, <laughs> even though it's only a month. Yeah. Like, like you look at Wolves and they just kind of they do their business and they do it quick. If they want they to buy a player, all, they'll yeah. buy them. Um, it seems to be the case, yeah. Or it doesn't come out. You don't really know about it. I know they're not as big a club as Man United. So you can't compare the, the press won't be searching, find stories about players and things. But and they've got Mendes um, sort of as their transfer guru, who's probably the best in the world at it. So. The things going from that way, but like the the um, what's the name of Sport Lisbon um, that they're trying to buy Fernandez, uh, Bruno Fernandez, Fernandez. Um, like even they're trying to buy him, and you see him last week when he was getting subbed off, and they, like his antics, and thinking, oh, do you really want to be signing this guy? Like um, Man United going to sign another player who could, you know, they have enough if the maybe there and players you're not sure about. We want to sign a guy with a temperament like that. So um, you know, it, it doesn't even excite me. To, the fact they're spending that much money on a, on a striker, it'd be like, you know what, I, I fancy them to go and get someone someone else, to be honest. But needs most, and then the top players don't want to go there. The very top players, you know, Man United isn't really an option right now. Um, you want to go, if you're going to go to a team in England, you're going to Man City or Liverpool, if you're that good, they're signing, you're going to go to them, you have a chance to win the league. It's not a club in crisis, it's not a club who's going to probably be changing their manager in the next few months. So if your options are on the table, you're not picking Man United at the moment. In terms of January transfers, I've often wondered what is it like as a player. Where I think you was a QPR you went on loan in January. Um, yeah. In the windows, what's it like? Where like one minute oh, you're playing horrible. with a you're playing with a club and you're you know, you're all uh, buying into whatever your you know the goals are for the yeah. season. You're training there, and then the next week you're off somewhere else. And you've obviously the QPR one was a a crazy season yeah. as well. They ended up, I think it was the playoff finals we got promoted. Like, it's kind of, it's just have to switch up all of a sudden. You're like, right now I'm here and I've, I've, I've yeah, got a new manager is. and everything. Quite exciting sometimes. You know what? It's not great for your family, um, your wife and stuff. Like every, especially every January window, I was nearly, I was nearly gone to Celtic two in a row. Two Januarys in a row. I was about to go to Celtic. I was about to go to Everton. In fact, I was about to go to Aston Villa and like literally about, you know, within, in you know very close to these things happening, and, and you're, you're sort of your wife is sort of half planning, half looking at houses, and it's it's pretty stressful. Um, so you're always yeah every footballer, every transfer window is always on edge, and always you know it's very rare that unless you've just signed a new contract that um, that you're not linked or not potentially moving somewhere. Um, the QPR one was was uh, quite good for me to plan to go there. I enjoyed it, but even with that one, I was actually on the way. I was driving up the M1 to join uh, Middlesbrough. I was going up there, owner or their owner and um, manager, Frank, at the time. We're waiting for me in the hotel in Middlesbrough, um, and I was driving up. I was in the car halfway up there. QPR had tried to sign me a couple of times in that window, and they couldn't agree the terms.
terms with Wolves and Middlesbrough had, had done it. So I was going to sign for them and Harry Redknapp rang me and said, stop where you are, wherever you are, stop. We've agreed a deal. Will you just wait till we get it signed off with the club? So I had to put into the services on the M1 about 8 o'clock at night and Middlesbrough were starting to ring me. Where are you? You should be here by now. And I was like, yeah, I'm just yeah, nearly there, nearly there. And stayed off. It was terrible. It felt awful. I wanted to go to QPR because QPR were top of the league looking like to get promoted and Middlesbrough were in the playoffs. And it was a lot more attractive to go to QPR at the time. They had fantastic players and um, I really fancy playing under Harry Redknapp. So I held on and turned around and drove down there and got to London at 3 o'clock in the morning and did a medical at 6 o'clock in the morning and um, signed for a month deadline day that day. The training that morning. I turned around and driving down. Trained that morning and um, played Played a day or two later, I scored on my debut actually. Um, we beat Burnley, I think it was Burnley at QPR. But that's, yeah, that's sort of nearly a typical story on transfer deadline day. Um, I had visions of, I don't know if you remember Peter Owen, we need a year before driving on I'm not turning around. Like, that was the thing. We sat, I sat in the services in, on the M1. I said, I'm not driving back down to QPR. And we have, the clubs have to sign an agreement. Like a bear has to sign a contract. The two clubs have to get an agreement signed off between themselves. So once I hear from Wolves that you signed that agreement, I'm not turning around to drive down. So <laughs> they were fine about it. And Middlesbrough were fine about it. In the end, they understood. I sent them a bottle of champagne to say sorry and uh, to the, the manager. And he, I think it was Franca, he said to me, he did, I think he said he, he texted me to say he'd done the same thing. So uh, it was fine. But I didn't feel bad for an hour. So. Yeah, geez, it is a mad, it's a mad period. I suppose it, it's kind of more concentrated now when it's in January compared to when it was across the course of the season yeah. years back. But uh, it is still probably it's so concentrated, like you're saying, it's a kind of when it goes down to deadline day or at least deadline week. It's all very uh, yeah, it, it is. It really and just in that case, it, things can happen overnight. In that case, middle uh, QPR were trying to sign me in. They didn't really need another striker. That Bobby Zamora and Charlie Austin and Andy Johnson and not just who else there were playing up front at the time. I can't remember, but. Um, morning Charlie Austin had played the day before and had a scan and he'd done his cruciate ligament so that's why it got done all of a sudden we're like shit and that can happen every January right up to the last day that's why that deal got pushed over um, but that's happening all the time in January it's madness when you think about it the amount of money being spent on, on little decisions and little things happening one day and it has to be done the next day and it's, um, it can work in your favour as a player I suppose as well when you look at it if, if clubs are desperate for you you can play it off and get a better contract or whatever and um, you know but it's not it's not ideal planning I don't think for, for a player for their future for something to be done so suddenly for your career or for clubs to be signing players I don't know if they, I don't know if there's been a study done on January signings and how they've worked out compared to the summer signings which are a, a more long drawn out and uh, planned affair yeah, there's always a case with January that uh, like it's a lottery and you're not quite you don't want to invest too much into the team but there's also a flip side of one good signing can change your season yeah you know? I know and, and like if I if I was Liverpool now as well I might I'd be trying to sign someone just to freshen up you know it's a long season it's nice to have fresh faces come in keep people on their toes there's that side to it um, and then you're wondering if you're Liverpool do you unsettle this was they bringing someone in it's a hard one to weigh up and that's why like the Jurgen Club our top managers they can make that decision and do it well um managers might sign someone just for the sake of it and it doesn't work out and you unsettle the dressing room change the dynamic you have to think of all the things not just whether they're going to be good on the pitch for you you know a new guy coming into a dressing room which maybe one of your other two are you know upset the best players don't get on with them and, and people wonder why form dips it might be because players aren't enjoying coming into the training room don't like a guy in the dressing room training isn't as good isn't as fun there's someone just disruptive influence and all that can be going on um, and all has to be 
supposed to take an account. And that's why clubs do such in-depth research on players now to find out what they are like. But that sort of goes out the window in January, as we said, because it's the yeah. panic in a rush. The panic uh, it's in want it. someone to come in. You look at the big speaker transfers in. Maybe maybe transferred out is the more important thing. For, for if you're looking ahead to Spurs in Man City this weekend, the big match on Sunday in terms of Christian Eriksen has left, um, and there's talks you know of these players likes of Eriksen's contracts running down. There may be unsettling influences. This is the type of game that. Jose, we spoke about it before the Liverpool game. He um, he might park the bus here, try and get them on the counter attack, and he could get something out of it. You'd imagine, but Man City struggling against that sometimes likes at Newcastle later. Yeah, yeah, like they did that against Liverpool, and they were Tottenham were quite good, and they looked like they scored. You know, they had more than one really good chance in that game in the first half, especially. I thought they um, they were very good at it, uh, very patient, and broke in the counter attack. But you know, I just think Man City too play. I know we're saying it. They struggle with that. I think it's just Man City. I don't think it's just Liverpool that teams sit in. They do struggle to break teams out. But I think Man City are really the one team in the league who can really break down the team. A patient who will not change their style of play. Who will keep passing and probing. And they've got the players to do it for 90 minutes. Um, they'll have 80% possession. And, you know, you just picture bringing on the push line and shouting and roaring and urging them on. But he already seems, you know, you're hearing rumours of them. Players not enjoying training. They seem to have lost theirs already. Um, I thought he would have got I thought he would have signed a few players in January. I thought he'd been given a good budget. Promised that when he came in. I presumed um, that hasn't happened. Losing Christian Harrison could be a positive. We're talking about players on settling pressing rooms. Maybe he's been like that for the last six months, you know, wanting to leave and not being happier in the press. Um, that could be um, if a few players who didn't, who maybe didn't like his demeanour around the face, maybe they'll show a bit more this weekend, but we'll, um, we'll win the game. Um yeah, I just, I just think it's already gone a bit sour for Mourinho there. It just yeah. doesn't look like a happy camp already. Thanks a million, Kevin. No worries, lad. That was really interesting stuff there from Kevin, wasn't it? I've like, I wasn't expecting to get such detail of a moving in January. Yeah, like, I'd, like it didn't surprise me that you know it, there was another car-based story, and obviously Harry Redknapp was involved. Transfer windows, that man and cars. It just, it it's just <laughs> it's, works. It just works. <laughs> it's just like, meant to be. I, I was always hoping that, like you know, instead of like the Andy Townsend uh, tactics van or whatever it was back in the day, that we could get Harry Redknapp talking out of the car, going through all the tra- all the transfers. Do you remember when uh, West Ham were leaving? the bowling ground only a few weeks after it was named the bowling ground um, for the only start referring to it on Sky Sports but Sky Sports had this massive good luck farewell thing where they brought um, all the, these fireworks and stuff going off do you remember that in oh the, yeah 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 in their last ma- after their last match and they had former West Ham greats driving around in these black cab taxis in the back of them and they were waving out the window Harry Redknapp wasn't in them former West Ham manager they missed the best opportunity for a Harry Redknapp car segment that I've ever seen. And it's, See, but I know why they didn't, because it was in May and Transfer Window doesn't open until June. True. You know? But I, I wanted to talk to Kevin there about uh, the stress. Like when he was talking about all that and driving up the road and his wife looking into housing and all that, I said, geez, I know all about it because I just went through a Transfer Window deadline there on FIFA 20 with Bradford City at the weekend. And I'll tell you, I was up, I was, I was up the walls. Yeah, how did that? How did that happen? Actually, how how did how did didn't you get go on? well? Didn't go well. You n- you now have a, a dearth of goalkeepers. I had one goalkeeper in Mark Travers on loan, and I was trying to get in another one. I had the Leeds 
the Lorient goalkeeper that's currently on loan at Leeds, I can never pronounce his name, Musselier or Musselier. M- Musselier. Musselier. Uh, Potentially. I put in a permanent offer for him. I was afraid, I, I, I didn't really want him though because he was, I was like, I know, Travers is number one, I just need a backup. So then I went to Cueven Keller in on loan. And I said, that, you know, wait, bide my time, transfer deadline passed, lost both of them. Disaster. But anyway, we're getting bogged. We nobody, nobody wants to listen to my FIFA 20 woes. What they do want to listen to, though, is one, two, three, right? What are the games this weekend? It's your chance to win 100 euro cash on labrooks.com. If you can correctly predict the score of three of this weekend's football matches. We have yet to do it, Finchie, but we got a euro free bet last week because we had Man City to beat Fulham 4-0 in the FA Cup. So, the, yeah, you know, the, you know, the, the Liverpool... Uh, the Liverpool game, was, yeah, scuppered us. I think we said 6-0. Yeah, six nil. Six um, nil. Dear, yeah, and dear. Chelsea Chelsea cannot like point blank refuse to score more than two goals. Good. Yeah, we've gone for three one for Chelsea, it ended up being two one. But yeah, if you get one right, you win a few euro free bet. If you can get two, you win a five euro free bet. If you can get all three, you win a hundred euro cash, and it's completely free to play on Labrooks.com. This game this week's games are Man United against Wolves, Burnley against Arsenal, and Spurs against Man City. So Finchie, I'm gonna to go to you to get your Man United Wolves prediction. I'm going to go 2-1 to Wolverhampton Wanderers. Like, 2-1 to Wolverhampton, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Yeah, we were like we were talking about that was uh, Kevin's, Kevin's pick for the weekend. Uh, value yeah. bet. And it, it is, it's like 5-2. to two. And I was like, Wolves and Man United? Are you, yeah. are you sure? Now, obviously, they're both, the, it, the league table beyond the top four is pretty condensed. Any team can kind of move into that fifth, sixth position. So United and Wolves are pretty much neck and neck. Um but Wolves are just they're just better than United, I feel. I think they, they just they have the confidence. Like you see in the Liverpool match uh that they played that they lost two one, they were the best team and a and a lot of Liverpool fans said it, a lot of people that were watching that match said that, that was the that was the toughest match that Liverpool have had this season. Yeah. And, you know, they were unlucky not to come away with a result and I feel as though if they play like that away to United it's gonna, it's gonna, yeah. it's gonna go well for them. And also, Kevin Doyle going for three in a row because he has he had Leicester uh, to lose to Burnley and Leicester to lose to Southampton. Uh, the two last two weekends of the Premier League, uh, Premier League games were on, so this could be the one. I'm you see, also, but he stopped his anti uh, Leicester agenda now, yeah. so maybe who knows what? Who happened. knows? I am going to go for a one-all draw here purely because every time Wolves are in one, two, three, I go for a one-all draw, and more often than not, I end up being right. So even though that's usually on a Sunday, this is a Saturday game. It's Saturday evening at half five, um, but I'm still going to go one-all here just because. Just I'm just going no science in it. Just the fact that that's my it's tradition. It's worked out for you before, so yeah, might as exactly. well try it again. Burnley against Arsenal. Arsenal are starting to turn a corner, I think. Burnley are also starting to turn a corner though. <laughs> and it's not even that they're that, you know, a million miles apart. If if Arsenal had lost that game uh, to Chelsea last week, they they were they were only, I think, six points above the relegation zone. Yeah. So it's so condensed in there, like you mentioned. But I think I think Arsenal are gonna win this, although it is away from home. Jeez, this is actually a really tough one. I'm gonna go two one Arsenal. Two one Arsenal. I, 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 I think it's gonna be a draw. I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be a two all draw. Two all draw. Yeah, these, I, are, I, these are tough games. Like, I'm, year, like, right? like, I'm trying to think that, like, will Bernie condense it and try and make it hard, make them hard to beat? Like Gabriel Martinelli, you're not stopping him. Like, no. it, he's absolutely electric, and they've they're gonna like if you try to put Phil Bardsley on him, he's gonna get rinsed every single time. Couple with that though, Arsenal can't defend against any of Burnley's strikers. That's all. That's all I'll say. Yeah, that's all I'll say. <laughs> I don't know how to do it. Um, and Martinelli, I think I'm playing. I think I might play my wild card in fancy football just to get him in. That's he's a, he's pure, a baller. Uh, then the last one, Spurs against Man City, the big one. 
this we talked about it there with Kevin. It's like I said this about the Liverpool game that Jose is the type of game that he go off and pull a result, and he wasn't a million miles away. I do think though that City. I'm going to go three one to Man City. I see that. Um, well, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, okay. I guess second guess. No, no, three one. I'm sticking with three yeah. one. What are you going with? I, I think I think two one. It depends on what he. It depends on what he does. If he does end up going for like a a kind of back to the wall situation, try to get them on the counter attack. It also depends on who he plays, because obviously he's complaining about not having a striker continually, continually. They've just signed Stephen Bergwijn from PSV. Got to tell you, he's not a striker. He's a winger. Uh, Gedson Fernandez has come in, who's not a striker. Um, they do need obviously with Ericsson going they did need that sort of midfield um, recalibration if Lo Celso actually gets his feet under him and plays like, he's not signing permanently as well yeah so yeah they they had to get around uh, financial fair play by doing an old little oh it's a loan deal when really you have your, your permanent deal in place you know Real Betis actually I keep saying this people don't seem to realise Real Betis had him on loan from PSG signed him for 20 million around about that last January but the summer they flipped him for 60 that's not bad business that's not bad business at all uh, so what, you're going to go 2-1 here I'm going 2-1 I think I'm am I allowed change I'm going to pull rank here and by that I mean you're the boss man so yeah you can <laughs> I'm going to go two, I'm changing to 2-1 as well so I'm going to go 2-1 so if you think you know any better if you even if you agree with us and you just want to put them on as well you can get on to labbrooks.com right now play 1-2 for yourself it's absolutely free shall we kick you out Finchy I'm very sorry to you haven't you've done nothing wrong but there's only room in this podcast studio for three of us and I need, to, I need to talk to PJ Brown and Gary Connell about this weekend's GA games we're going to play guest the handicap so thanks very much for your contribution good luck